Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to the Dadhood podcast. This is episode 16 with Akhi Tweet, aka Muhammad. He is a graphic designer, he is the co host of the Mind Heist podcast, he is co host of the Dad's Dunya podcast, um, he lives in Brighton, and he is a father to two. Uh, sons two boys so this episode um, was just a free for all um, and you'd notice that when we start this episode there there were some kind of technical changes uh, in terms of the setup and everything Uh, but regardless the content is amazing it was free flowing it was just speaking at the top of our head uh, whatever was coming to our mind Uh, and it's all about our fatherhood journey about our sons and and my daughter and about our fathers and uh, living in different areas and uh, just all sorts of things Uh, I think this is just one that you listen you let it play in the background it's very very chilled um, and I think you guys really enjoy that do make sure you check out the podcast that uh, Muhammad is involved in like Mind Heist like Dad's Dunya which is on the Freshly Grounded page Uh, and obviously make sure you subscribe to the Dadhood podcast you can find it on the iTunes on Google Podcasts on Spotify and all the other kind of podcast streaming platforms make sure you leave a like leave a comment on what you thought about about this episode. Daddy, Daddy. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum, Muhammad. Welcome to the Dadhood podcast. Thank you for having us here. You're jumping, to, you're jumping the gun there. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm doing a little bit of an intro before you get to say your salams, all right? Now you can <laughs> say your salams. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thanks. Thanks for joining. It's good to be here. Good to be good, here. Bro. Good, good, alhamdulillah. Um, I think this is a slightly unique one for me for multiple reasons. Uh, one is because those who do watch my podcast can tell that my camera looks a bit different. That's because I'm using my webcam this time because unfortunately my camera wanted to die on me and literally a second before we were going to go live it started working again. But Qadarullah, uh, that's one. Second reason is that uh, guest is on the other side of the screen and I'm on one other side of the screen. That usually doesn't happen. And the third reason is that this is probably the only guest that I haven't met in person mm. before. I think we've only managed to speak to each other through online communications as the world is in 2020. Mm. So it's unique. It's unique. And uh, I think um, I think it's going to be an interesting one, inshallah. Inshallah. Bro, it's, it's been like that, hasn't it? A lot of the people I've met this year, um, for the past few years, Predominantly been online only, and I've uh, yet to meet them in person. But it's all the same to me, Echi. It's all the same to me, inshallah. You know. If do you know what when I when I I I joined um, a workplace sort of I switched jobs sort of maybe at the beginning of this year around February time, and that mm. was in in COVID all the lockdown and whatnot. Nobody was going to the office, and so my all my interactions with everybody at my workplace, all my colleagues, was purely virtual. And yeah. and then a few, maybe three or four months later, we decided to kind of lockdown rules eased and we had our first meeting. And it just felt like I knew them, you know? It just, mm-hmm. it just felt like, okay, I'm just seeing you in 3D or 4D, right? But it doesn't really feel that different. And it's crazy to think that this kind of screen can help, like really, yeah. you can actually feel connected in a way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I get like that with a lot of Muslims anyway, like, um, I live down in Brighton, so there's not that big of a Muslim community. Mm. So when I did start practicing, uh, predominantly a lot of the Muslims I was interacting with was online. You know, it's probably where the name Akhi Tweet came from because <laughs> I was so <laughs> predominantly using Twitter, right? Um, so through that, I met a lot of brothers 
you know, in London and other places. But, you know, I'd be talking to them online for, for a long time, months on end, and then I'd finally yeah. meet them and it was just like normal. So it's not yeah. a problem, you know. Yeah, I think I think I think it's quite amazing to be honest uh, how mm. how that can happen. Um, I'm always surprised by technology. Like, look, I'm going to say the most stupidest thing, right? But I, I feel like you might appreciate this. Printers, <laughs> okay, printers. Just think mm -hmm. about it, okay? You have something on your screen, it goes through a wire, and now you have mm. it physically. Mm. Come on, wow, that's amazing. Come on. Do you know what I watched? Um, I don't know if it's relevant, but I watched Spy Kids yesterday. Yeah. Do you, remember, do you remember Spy Kids? Do you remember that's that, all, that scene wicked. where they put, yeah, they put a little like they put this block in a microwave and it pops oh. out and it's like McDonald's. <laughs> I saw that, that yesterday with sick. my mom. <laughs> I was like, bro, <laughs> we need some of this right now. <laughs> nah. That's wicked. It was, I remember. I remember just wishing to have that, and I thought, oh yeah, yeah. in the future when we're older, we're gonna have something like that. Nah, it's not yeah, happening. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> my my son, you know, just to segue into. You kids i suppose yeah my son was watching that yesterday and, I, and it just made me think apparently how time goes so quickly i remember watching that film when i was i don't know i suppose when it came out or when i was younger and and i was so obsessed with it i wanted it yeah. i remember telling my mom i wanted a spy kids logo painted on my bedroom wall <laughs> <laughs> and like as i was watching it i was like wow this this there's a lot of hidden jokes and stuff in here that are clearly meant for an adult to get which I must have completely glossed over when I was a kid. And obviously yeah. my son was sitting there watching and I was just like, oh, I don't know how comfortable I feel with some of these scenes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it just made me think, like, time flies, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, I, 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 same thing with uh, Teletubbies. I mean, not not the mm. rude jokes, but just the, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the fact that, you know, we used to watch them as kids and now our kids also enjoy them and it's, it's crazy yeah. like things like tom and jerry all these things are so like everlasting is it's mm. mad i think you'd like to think that maybe there's like some team of psychologists and all sorts that are behind the scenes with lab coats trying to find the perfect <laughs> recipe of a kid's show and that's why it's so timeless like i put when i put the um telly chubby's on for my, my youngest he just yeah. his face lights up bro as soon as yeah. he sees that baby sun in the sky yeah. he just gets so excited and i'm like wow i remember still watching this when i was his age you know it's fun like, it's crazy it's crazy I, th I think there definitely is some sort of psychology behind it i mean mm. if you know all, all cartoons have you know bright colors have s similar plots in a way that there's a hero and there's mm. there's, a, there's a mission to complete and mm. you know they, they they go through some sort of difficulty to make sure that happens, and then they celebrate at the end. Uh, that's like standard through, throughout cartoons, and I think Absolutely, yeah. they must have like caught on to that 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 is something that humans. That's the formula. Yeah, it's it's mm. you know they call I think they call it the the hero formula or something like that. I remember watching kind of a YouTube video where somebody was explaining like a successful YouTuber was explaining how he writes his scripts, and right. he says that he does it in this way. Uh, uh, similar to how you might like watch a drama where mm. there's there's a bit of a character development there's a bit of struggle and uh and then and then there's there's something that he needs to overcome and then he overcomes it and, and that mm. kind of stuff and he said that my well, youtube videos are the same and that's how i get so many views so there must be something wow. behind that oh, absolutely i can imagine that's it man this sort of industry i suppose is uh, geared towards success and, and views and especially youtube i guess as well it's kind of gone yeah. that way as well Definitely, um, but kids love it, man. Kids just soak it up. <laughs> so, absolutely. On the kids, um, how many kids do you have, and how old were you when you had them? Oh God, uh, I stopped counting my age years ago, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to remember how old I was. But uh, uh, I've got two boys, alhamdulillah. 
Um, one of them is four years old, and one of them is he's coming up to two, so he'll be two at the end of January. Um, so if he's four, I must have had them when I was sort of 24-ish, 25. Okay. Uh, my first. Yeah. yeah. 28 at the moment. Yeah. I got married at 24, so I had my first son, you know, not too long after. Um, but yeah, man, it was, uh, it's something I always wanted to do. You know, that was, um, we can, we can go into this, but yeah, you know, some people get married for different reasons, right? Some people get married, uh, I think there's like a percentage of focus on why they're getting married. You know, some yeah, people yeah. just really want a relationship with with a you know a significant other, and that's kind of their focus. Um, some people, surprisingly, especially on women, I've I've noticed uh, some people can want to get married just to escape the structure of their family home and start a you know a life a bit independently, away from yeah. family, away from you know the the, the house. Um, you know. And, do all those fancy things that everybody tweets about, like traveling the world and taking selfies <laughs> and whatever. <laughs> and then there's, you know, someone maybe like myself who I just really wanted to have a family, you know. Yeah. And and some people do say, oh, you know, you, sh- you should have waited around, you should have done this, should have done that. You know, you had kids so young and whatever. But that was like why I wanted to have a family straight away, right? I wanted yeah. to have a family so I can have kids and get married and well that way around I wanted to get married so I could have kids and you know have a family and stuff so um, why, why did you want to have kids so early why not why not wait why not take the usual path of let me build my career let me get some stability yeah. all that kind of um, stuff I think predominantly so I think a lot of my decisions when it comes to like family and relationships is a lot to do with my own relationship with my father right mm. so I think my dad um I am not my dad's oldest child. He was in a previous sort of marriage. He had a, a daughter who's my half sister, who's uh, right. a lot older than me, a lot older than me. Um, so uh, because of that, uh, there's a big age gap, I think, between me and my dad. And not only an age gap, but also a cultural sort of gap as well. You know, he was right. born in Tunisia in North Africa. He's done so much in his life in terms of traveling and working and being independent. I think from the age of 17, he was already in Europe. You know, and then before that, when he was in Tunisia, he was at boarding school. There was a lot of like disconnect between him and his father, and you know, so maybe I think his upbringing and how he, you know, fathers, so to speak, is going to be very different to what we see on Spy Kids or what we see on TV and stuff like that, right? Um, you know, the Western narrative of what dads should be like and whatever. Not saying that my dad was a bad dad, but it was very yeah, yeah. different. Um, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's you know sometimes squeezing emotions out of your father is like squeezing you know, <laughs> you know what, what it, blood out of a stone right um so uh most of my sort of thinking was like okay um i don't want to i want to basically improve the relationship i have with my kids if i was to ever yeah. have kids yeah and one of the key blocks i saw was like okay age is going to be a big thing i don't want to have kids really late right and then suddenly you know there, there's a big sort of age gap there i can't relate to them they can't relate to me whatever and yeah. you know it's fast forward to now even so even though you have that goal technology and interests of children are accelerating so much that i don't even think even if you did that you can't keep up you know it's, right. it's quite scary but that's really the main reason that's really the main reason mm, I, I had i had very similar reasons i mean i got mm. i got married at I was I was just about to turn 22 basically like the week mm. that I got married and um I always had said to my mom from kind of teenagers that I want to be a young dad I want to have kids early and mm. I always had this idea that as soon as I finish university 
there's there's no reason for me to wait to get married i just want to get married mm. and i don't see the mm. reason to to delay it uh, and and i kind of get the whole having money aspect of things but i guess um i just felt like i don't have to have that much money because uh as long as i have a, i have a decent job um i don't need to have that much money because you can always treat the early years of the relationship like a no I, i don't like putting it in this way but kind of girlfriend boyfriend situation in a way where yeah. you could be living apart you could yeah. not have children straight away you could yeah. uh, sort of just get along with the whole relationship in that sort of way which doesn't require a lot of uh, financial pressure and financial obligations and then you can build upon your finances and bring in the family and then also i had that trust that uh, with kids comes risk and comes provisions mm. from allah and uh, i kind of just went for it in that way and we pretty much had kids straight away um and now alhamdulillah i've got two and i am going to be 26 soon so mm, uh, you know alhamdulillah it was it was something that i wanted and you know i just i just went for yeah. it you know but yeah. I, I, similar it, things i wanted to be this kind of young dad that could really interact with my children and and sort of be there i, I remember on one of my podcasts one of my guests was saying that he wanted to have children early so that he could make sure he beats them in a race <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 but i think i think it, like, i think that's a metaphor for for a lot a, a lot you know it says yeah, a lot yeah and it's it's about front loading that sort of challenge i suppose um you know some elderly uh, members of our community and stuff like i know my grandmother might say it and another family members say it it's like you know have your kids all at once have your kids at the beginning of your sort of youth so to speak and then yeah. you're not it's like an investment right it's kind of like invest early that's what they say about you yeah. know the stock market invest early and then you can benefit reap the rewards later on but when you're like a bit older and obviously everybody's different yeah. you'll find challenges you'll find challenges like the ones we've just mentioned yeah. subhanallah so yeah. um no absolutely i'm full in full agreement with you there bro so you being in 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 brighton you grew up there mm. No, so I came to Brighton around nine, ten years old. Um, okay, I was from born Tunisia. Es- sort of, yeah. So I was born in Essex, um, okay. and then I didn't really stay there too long. I lived in Morocco for a little bit, came back to the UK, and then lived in Tunisia, and then I came to Brighton. So okay. I had a few years, you know, uh, in um, you know in, in North Africa, so to speak. But that that did play a role in you know trying to find. Uh, a wife i suppose someone with those kind of similarities and funnily enough my wife uh, who's algerian very similar yeah. culture north africa you know very similar all together but also she she spent some time she was born here but spent some time living uh, um in algeria and that was really valuable to me you know that was one of the key things is like you know that that kind of acknowledgement of culture acknowledgement of living in that in that kind of environment isn't too alien and and hopefully instill some of those values into children bismillah you know Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, well that's what I was going to ask is that how was it to try and find a wife uh, that met the mm. vision of a wife whilst living in an area where maybe you're not exposed to that many Muslim communities yeah. and and what not. I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier about like um the what what's the the word they say but like not taboo but like these negative concepts of just or negative ideas of like the internet and stuff and and how traditional you know finding uh, a spouse traditionally is probably the way forward right yeah. but um i think if you've got the right intention and you know everybody uses the internet this kind of negative i can't i can't think of the word i'm trying to think of but <laughs> you know these these kind of um 
people just have a negative sort of concept of, yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah. of going online and stuff. Not that I went on like a matrimonial services or anything like that. Yeah. Um, alhamdulillah, I don't think I struggled in that sense. Although I know some people obviously have their challenges and, and Allah will test us with many different things, you know. A test for you might not be a test for me and a test for me yeah. might not come to, to you, right? So I, I, I don't think I struggled in that sense. But at the same time, what's key is that when you find somebody good, don't waste time and think, oh, but someone better might come along, yeah. whatever that means, right? Yeah. Like, number one, like my, my firm belief is that, you know, if you're number one, fisa billah, you are, you know, for the sake of Allah, this person ticks all those boxes, right? And, you know, there's nothing wrong with them whatsoever. Um, I've noticed some brothers will just be like, oh, but what if I just, you know, there might be someone else. And then they'll start nitpicking and getting into all these finer yeah. details and stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you make a, if you take a leap of faith for the, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open doors for you, no doubt. Yeah. And also open doors of, 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 of love in that relationship, right? Mm. And, and that mahabba and that sort of, um, you know, tenacity to get things moving and, get, and, and keep the ball rolling. So, yeah, bro, as soon as, alhamdulillah, I found uh, my wife, I was like, yeah, here you go. Let's go. Let's sort of spoke to her dad, obviously. My, I spoke to my family and then, you know, like, and, you know, keep things traditional, keep things the way it should be. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't meet my wife until um, my family with me. I didn't meet my wife until I met all of her family first, actually, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, on the same day. So things like that. You're still a way of using those kind of new age technologies. Yeah. Um, but also abiding by the, the, the principles. And, and at the end of the day, uh, a, a good seed can only bear good fruit, right? So you have to start things right. But in Allah will put barakah in in. in how are you sure How are you sure that you, you were ready to get married at that age? Because a lot of brothers ask me this and a lot of brothers, they delay marriage because they say things like, I'm not ready because not maybe not mm. because of financial things, but because of their own character, or because of yeah. certain flaws that they see in themselves. They say, "Well, I don't want to bring another person into my life because of those reasons." Yeah. And I think some of those, I would say, n not many though, a very few of them have quite legit excuses in terms yeah. of the character flaws that they have found, and that those are quite red flags. Fine, but I think those are anomalies. I think the majority of those are actually making excuses, and yeah. and 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 I tell them that actually you're not going to be able to address those character flaws until you actually get married. Because it's only mm -hmm. in that arena where you're going to be able, those are going to come out and you're going to be able to, to challenge them. So how, how, how did you know that actually, you know what, my red flags, I don't have mm -hmm. them. I'm going to go into this. I think, so uh, it was going back to something I wanted to say earlier. It's just come back to me. But um, I've spoke about this before on, um, on Mind Ice, no, shameless yeah. plug there, but about... Um, <laughs> How men, uh, I believe at least, I strongly believe that men uh, without responsibility are just useless, basically. I don't think men are, are made to, to kind of just... You see this kind of bachelor phase that we've got going on where it's like, oh, we'll wait till I get married, let me live my life a bit. Like, it's, I, think, I just feel like we're not made to be irresponsible and not have responsibilities. Right. So we get lazy and we get unproductive and whatever. And I think thrusting yourself into an arena of responsibility is what makes you that person so yeah. you know nobody's ready to be a husband because nobody knows what hus being a husband is like nobody knows what it's like to be a dad you can't tell somebody who's never had kids oh you'd be a great dad like i mean you could but you wouldn't yeah. know for sure right um and the same for somebody thinking about themselves like you could say oh, i'll be a great dad or i'm not going to be ready to be a dad or i'll still do this and i still do that um but it's about you know 
putting that armor on and that shield and stuff and getting into that arena and that that's the stresses of that society and i say stresses not in a negative way you know yeah. just the pressures it, it, the challenges that that sort of cook themselves up around you that's what shapes you and molds you into being that person right mm -hmm. um and and i think that is why like that is something i noticed like in between like university taking up a lot of my time and i got married or at least i asked my wife's hand whilst I was in my last year of uni or something like that. So I was still kind of studying, but predominantly education was, you know, the, the focus of my, of my life sure. at the time. But I didn't want this long period in between of just like nothingness, yeah. you know, just going to work and stuff. And there's, you know, uh, it's incredible. And I, and I advise anyone, any brother who's listening, who's kind of delaying, it's incredible the amount of uh, sin and disobedience that just gets pushed away just because you've got someone around you just because you've got mm. that partner around you. And it's not just the obvious things that yeah. you're probably thinking of, you know. It's so much, so many other things. As long as you have somebody that also fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that's all, and you know, you help them just as much as they help you. There's things that we fall into, there's things that we say, there's thing, all sorts of stuff. Yep. You want to maintain a positive persona, especially when you're newly married. The positive persona that you obviously portray when you're getting to know somebody for the first time, you're not gonna show them all your, your dark cards, right? You yeah. know, your mistakes and stuff. You're gonna to wanna to keep that up anyway, you know? And that's obviously the general normal rule. Obviously there's gonna be outliers, there's gonna be people with specific problems. And you know, I think those people are gonna have specific answers from people of knowledge that will advise them. But the, as a general rule, as a man, just, just take that leap. Like I don't, I really don't like it when there's guys that I've known for years and they just make all these dilly dally, wishy washy excuses uh, about like, oh, I have a family one day, or yeah. and then you just see them like, I just see them and I, I hate it, but I just find it quite useless. I just like yeah. there's so so much you can give to the ummah in terms of just being a responsible adult. Um, but I don't know. Maybe you share the views. I don't know. No, what no, no. Think? I 100% I, I agree with you because I, I find that um, the, the main goal that most of the brothers who are delaying it have is uh, a financial goal. Um, right. they have, I, think, I think that's what I find the majority of them saying is that they want to build their finances. But where is that idea coming from? That, f that building finances is such an important goal that you would also uh, be okay with in those prime years of your life, those 20s, those early 30s, you'd be okay with delaying your development spiritually, you'd be okay mm. um, uh, delaying your development emotionally, you'd be okay uh, delaying your development in terms of your character, in terms of your mental fortitude, in terms mm. of all these kind of things. Because the arenas of marriage and the arena of being a father uh, allow you to develop so many valuable things in your life. And the only thing that you can see more valuable than that for some reason is a status in a career and money but where yeah. is that coming from you know for mm. me yes money is important yes uh, having a stable career is important but why aren't the other things also considered just as important or, or why they're not considered more important especially in those prime years of your life where you can actually mold yourself because once you mm. get later in your life and you delay marriage to to the the mid 30s the late 30s the 40s you're already stuck in your ways. They, mm. and, and when somebody comes into your life and starts challenging your character, when a, when a child comes into your life and starts challenging the way that you react to situations, you're not yeah. going to be able to, to, to change that. Even though you understand it, you can see it in front of your eyes that you are reacting badly. You're treating this person wrong. But mm. 
you've been so stuck in your ways for so long and you've missed the boat of those prime years where you could have molded yourself, where now it's going to become very difficult. I'm not saying it's impossible. There are stories of people in their 40s, 50s and beyond that do self-reflection, are, are able to change their character. But I think that's very uh, far and f whatever that word is, few and far in between, yeah. or whatever, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, whatever that yeah. phrase is, right? But that, that's what I think. And it's... You know, it's similar. Like, if you take that analogy of learning a language, the older that you get, the harder it's going to be. So, why not take mm -hmm. advantage of early advantage of it earlier? It's the same thing when it comes to emotional intelligence and uh, character development and mental fortitude and all those other mm -hmm. things. You could, and, and and like you said, for a man, um, I think those arenas are going to be like the best way to build those for a man is going to be in the arenas of marriage and and and, and fatherhood. And to go further, like, you know, maybe the, the inhibiting factor there, the, the thing that really is stopping people is this notion of, of ego, right, and self-importance. And I think you would definitely agree with me that not only getting married, but having kids deletes part of yourself. You know, you, yeah. you have to do like a, a hard delete on some of your wants and needs, right? And you put yourself last pretty much as much as you can or all the time, you know. And that is probably the only thing I would say that prepare yourself for you know for the, yeah. for the guys that want to and they they're wondering if they're ready it's it happens naturally for a lot of people but maybe some people i do see frictions in other marriages where this hasn't happened to a good enough degree by the man predominantly where they have not been prepared to delete their wants and needs or their norms or they're going out with the boys every other night right um and i think for myself um naturally and maybe i didn't prepare myself for this but naturally my lifestyle changed before i got married anyway where i just started seeing people less and less because yeah. people kind of spread out and went their own ways a lot of my friends moved to different countries and suddenly i was kind of very few and far between which is the same <laughs> in terms of my social circle locally here right didn't have a lot of muslims down here that i was hanging out with anymore um very family orientated i became very family oriented mm -hmm. with my own family you know um you know, if, if there was a family gathering or something, yeah, that's where I would be. I would never pick my friends over my family or something like that. Although that is what I used to do when I was much younger, you know, 17, 18. Yeah. Um, so that kind of prepared me, that family orientation. Um, and also financials, like I think maybe from college. And my mum says this about me. So I'm not saying it about myself because I, I don't know if I agree. Yeah. But my mum says that I stopped asking anybody for money at like college age or maybe when I first right. started college right um, and probably because back then we had EMA I don't know if you ever heard of EMA, yeah yeah, EMA. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, so, that, that yeah. Stopped. just before we got in it stopped it was so annoying yeah really oh so yeah so EMA bro helped a lot for me but like it was at that point where I was like well this is my money now so I have to be responsible for what I do with it so I'll yeah. save it here I'll spend it here I'll say and that that became predominantly the end of me ever asking right and she she does say and Allah knows best but she does say that I've never asked my dad for any money and I feel uncomfortable even the thought of it so these are kind of concepts that you have to kind of prepare yourself if you feel like you're relying on parents a lot for this and that or relying on others to support you yeah it's going to be difficult when you have kids and have a wife to provide for yeah. And you're like, oh, mum, can you help me out? I've got a... Yeah, yeah. Not, that, not obviously extreme things can happen and difficulties yeah. can happen, but that shouldn't be your number one, right? But um, further, furthermore, you've got the deleting of yourself if we go back to that. You mm -hmm. know, um, your kids are going to need clothes all the time. Your wife is going to have wants and needs as well. You're providing for a completely 
you know, a, a separate human being to yourself? Where do you fit in that sort of hierarchy of needs, right? Where do you fit in the in the sort of paycheck of, yeah. you know, you need a new jumper or a new pair of trainers or whatever. I'll get it one day, I'll get it one day, I'll get it one day. Hey, mm. before you know it, it's been like five years you're wearing the same jumper, <laughs> right? And I know that for a fact, bro, and I'm sure you're the 100%. same. 100%. I've got, yeah, I've got clothes that, like, just, I don't care about that stuff anymore. And this is a huge contrast from when I was 17, 18, I'd spend money on designer clothes all the time. Same. You need to be prepared to let that stuff go, and that stuff is going to yeah. go. And I think that is what stops people. Actually, I think a lot of people are just—they just like the dunya a little bit yeah. too much in that yeah, aspect. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you can have your guilty pleasures, and I definitely do have mine. You know, I definitely mm. do have the things that I'm like, definitely like, when it comes to video games, bro. If a new yeah. console's coming out, but that comes out like every seven years. You know, I can prepare for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, what about you? Have you got your sort of uh, guilty pleasures? Guilty pleasures. <laughs> Um, the less the better obviously but some people their whole life is a guilty pleasure actually. yeah you know? that's very true that's very true yeah I, w I would say um, uh, probably books uh, I yeah. I spend a lot of money on books um, and uh, but I try to I try to control it you know I, I make a list and then I mm. kind of go through that list every so often and I sort of tick it off and I try to make sure that I've completed the books that I've bought before I buy new ones. It doesn't always work. Yeah. I might buy like three or four books in a go and then I'll read one and then I'll buy another three or four like two months yeah. later. But um, that that is probably that. And uh, I would say video games were, but it's because I had, I don't know, I think when I had when I had my son is when I found out I didn't have much time anymore. Yeah, and then I had I the second yeah. one and I was like, I definitely don't have time. So <laughs> it kind of it yeah. kind of dropped down, but it's always there. Like my PS4 is right here. And uh, yeah, even yeah. though it doesn't get turned on, it's always there. I have an Xbox 360 from when it first came out, basically, yeah, and it still works, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And uh, I haven't let GameCube. I haven't let that go. It's all it's all oh, there, yeah. but I'm just I'm just not playing it, <laughs> which might yeah, be a bad this thing. This is it. These are the drives. Like these are the, maybe the only thing left in me that kind of I like. Sometimes I have a moment. Obviously, we all have our moments where yeah. it's just like, oh, if only I wish. You know, like the, you mentioned the GameCube, bro. I remember, like in my head, I've been trying to get a GameCube for so long, but I refuse yeah. to actually spend the money because I know <laughs> I'm not going to touch it. Right? <laughs> um, but like, my, you, you're absolutely right about time, and it's not even something that you consciously want to do. Um, it's it's just the fact that you physically don't. You know, when when yeah. the kids are in the living room all day. And whether they're using the TV or running around or whatever, you're just not going to sit down and be able to do anything like that. Of course, that, right? of course. And then by the time they're at bed, and like you, you, you turn that on, and you're like, oh, do you know, what? I'm, I'm even too tired to even do it. Yeah. <laughs> just, do you know what I mean? Let me watch a lecture or something, and then I'll fall yeah. asleep. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the rights of the wife, of course, Aki, you need to spend time with your wife, and there's only That's a few it. hours after the kids are asleep that you That's can even it. sit and have a chat about how her day was, right? So, um, but at the end of the but day, I don't, bro, but I don't yeah. think you see. I feel like brothers who, who are not married might be listening to this and thinking, yeah, well, you see, that's what, that's sucks. why. You know, it, it just sucks. Marriage just sucks, right? Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, uh, you know, it doesn't, it's not even, uh, it, it, what we're saying is, is not that we are not enjoying it. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing all of these things in terms of watching over your kids, spending time with your wife, giving up what you might have wanted to do like play a game to do those things actually it doesn't hurt it's actually something mm. that you know that you should do and you want to do and you like to do it because like you mm. said it goes back to that point of you get a satisfaction of fulfilling that responsibility as a man mm. and that satisfaction mm. actually drives you to do those things um even if you have to give up the kind of little guilty pleasures that, that you that you want to do and i mm. think um 
just going back a little bit uh, uh, further to to what you said, I can't actually I can't remember if I said it or you said it, but just the point on um, the delaying. Uh, mm. Some and you said, oh yeah, you said about that. You know, they they like the dunya a little bit too much. Yeah, and I mm. think, I think that is a big part because uh, tying that into what I said about the whole money thing and the finances thing, I feel like yeah. a lot of brothers think that once they have wife and kids. Um, the finances is what is going to solve everything. The finances is like, okay, if my kids need something, then they're going to get it. If my wife needs something, then she's going to be able to get it. Um, and I think they falsely uh, use that to say that, yeah, see, I'm going to give up my guilty pleasures in order to provide for my family because now I've built the money in order to do that. But I think what they're missing in, in this understanding is that it's not just the finances that are going to help that marriage to be successful. It's going to be all of those other things in terms of your emotional capacity, your mental capacity, your character, um, mm. and all, all of these types of things, how you react to certain situations, that is going to help that marriage to be successful as, as well as the finances. Mm. And I feel like mm. they, I think that maybe they, they just think if we throw money at it, the same way that you can just throw money at the dunya and solve your problems, they think that if I just throw money at my marriage, then uh, I'm going to be yeah. ready for marriage and it's going to solve everything. And mm -hmm. so they delay all of that to build that finance because that's what they think is the most important in the marriage. But in that process, they don't develop all these things uh, in their character and in their attitude that is actually going to help them within that marriage and help it to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd be surprised actually how many people talk about building finances before they get married, but because they've got nobody to spend that money on, they end up wasting it and spending it on themselves in ludicrous ways. And it's all a bit empty words, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, when when you know you, you have a responsibility, going back to the arena talk, getting into that arena and you know you have a responsibility, you will second guess every everything that you spend. And that's a good thing, you know, yeah. because we should be anyway. We should be looking at our money uh, just how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us in the, in the Quran about how we'll be asked about all this all these blessings right so that 10 pound note that you could spend on I don't know something stupid you know as a as a as a dad as a father as a husband you're going to second guess and be like oh yeah. but you know Suleiman needs a new jumper or a PE kit or whatever it is you know what that's better and I'm not going to be you know I, I can confidently spend that money on my children and on my family and, yeah. and be content with that right yeah. but yeah. Uh, outside of that realm as a complete bachelor where's the pressure coming that i'm going to judge my expenditure myself you know i'm not going to do that i'm just gonna yeah. get takeaways every night and spend it on the fancy clothes and this is it right get an uber <laughs> everywhere you yeah know. no Allah no knows best exactly exactly subhanallah uh what do you think challenged you the most when you had children about yourself hmm. um i think it's being the right husband for my my wife you know mm. i think I think um, there is a notion, and obviously maybe it's a cultural one, whatever. But you know, the the, the wife takes care of the kids, and the, the man goes out and, sure. and does does the stuff, right? Gets the money in and whatever. Um, and my father wasn't maybe, you know, my father didn't change nappies. He cooked though. My dad cooks a lot, so that was something I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Apparently, that yeah. wasn't a big thing. Like that didn't happen a lot. But I grew up with that being a norm, right? Right. Um, <laughs> my wife found it. My wife found it really cool and cute that my dad would cook dinner and stuff. Um, so she was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, so I was like, yeah, that's normal. Why isn't that normal? But anyway, uh, but like other things, like with kids, like nappy changing, giving them baths, you know, yeah. 
wiping their butts in the toilet you know the stuff that people think about that (laughs) that is a daily thing um i was like i I knew that i wasn't going to object to doing that but at the same time i wasn't like that wasn't normal for me right sure sure um and then obviously when you get two kids coming along then it's like a juggling act you know it's like oh you hold this one i hold that one that kind of thing and you know it's not to say that obviously i'm a perfect human being you know we've had our disagreements and i've had my my slip-ups and i've had my sort of moments where i'm like oh i'm sick of nappies <laughs> you know what i mean like but but no like uh, i know that that's what shapes us into being the people that we need to be and i think it's striking a balance between uh being supportive and helpful but also uh maintaining your role and position uh islamically as a man and as a provider mm-hmm. okay because sometimes you do have to learn to say no yeah. For the benefit, for the long-term benefit. All right. And yeah. I'm not just talking about helping your wife, not at all. But it's actually, it's a very delicate thing to be a leader and not sh- and to have strength that everybody can then rely on you. Because if you show a particular kind of weakness, yeah. um, then you're you're the foundation of that family. You're the foundation of that family that then crumbles, and then everyone else crumbles around you. If your wife can come up to you or your kids can come up to you in a time of crisis and say, oh. Oh, what are we going to do, Daddy? Or, you know, if your wife's like, oh, what are we going to do about this spill or whatever's happening, whatever. And you can say, listen, don't worry, it'll be fine. Yeah. It's a lot better than you saying, I have no idea. Oh, my God, leave me alone. Let me think about it. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah, kind of 100%, thing. Yeah. So, so that's what you have to prep yourself for. And it is difficult, you know, it is difficult, especially when Allah tests us the way that He may test us, um, to have that kind of mental fortitude. Um, but I think that's why it's important to have these conversations, bro. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, these kind of. Um, these kind of communities that we have of, of, of dads getting together, of, of Muslim brothers getting together and talking things out and reminding yeah. each other and having that circle, so useful, Akhi. And I know that because a lot, like like I mentioned a hundred times already, <laughs> uh, I, I predominantly go to London to socialize, you're right? Yeah. And that, that's, that gathering where I'll sit with brothers who are all married men with kids and yep. we'll just talk, bro, and I'll get the reminders that I need. I'll come back from those sort of, um, you know, gathering so energ- energized spiritually, you know, and, and for, for the sake of my family as well. Uh, um, Mohammed, just give me a second. Mo- uh, I think my Sorry. headphones are gone. One sec. Oh, no. <laughs> speak. I can't hear you now. Can you speak now? Oh, yeah. How about now? No? Can you hear me? No, I can hear you. Yeah, there's a bit of a delay. Oh, really? Uh, Where is this? Do you want to pause it? Oh no, it's back. It's okay. It's one to one again. Are we good? We good? Yeah. Okay, we're good. We're good. Okay, good. We can carry on. So let's go back to the point where you said that you go to London for your gathering, social gatherings. Yeah. So we were saying how um, it's so important to have these conversations. and to be able to discuss the responsibilities that men should have to their families with other Muslims. And, and this podcast is one example of that kind of outlet, right? But uh, I was saying how I I predominantly go to socialize in London and that's where I see you know, the majority of my Muslim brothers, so to speak, and we, we, we talk and stuff. And uh, I'll come back from those gatherings so spiritually energized, so energized for the sake of my family, for the sake of Allah, of course. Um, that I can actually give back to my family in a positive way. And it, I remember it got to such an extent that my wife would say to me, 
uh, are you not meeting up with your friends this week? Like, we'd go up to London, I'd stay with my in-laws. She'd be like, oh, you're not, with your fr- you're not going to see your friends? I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. She goes, no, 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 go. When you go, you always come back in a really sort of, like, positive, <laughs> you know, energetic, whatever you want to call it, mood. So so she even, see- she would see the benefit. And, um, you know, it does, after I see them, and it'll go like a week or two weeks without seeing them, like, I kind of fade a little bit, I mean, and I've got to re- yeah. Yeah. And it's hard, bro, to do it on your own, all on your own for a long time. And I think that's why the community element of of brotherhood is so important. And and I think, um, obviously, with a balance, uh, once you're a married man with kids, if you're a father and you're hanging out with people predominantly who haven't got kids and haven't got the responsibilities, I think it takes more away from you than it does benefit you. 100%. Um, so I think you have to make that transition into uh, your social life should be surrounded with positive sort of people that have those experiences, have those responsibilities and you can yeah. share with each other and borrow from each other as well. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that. what you said is so key about making sure that your your wife and your family see a positive effect from, from things that you do outside of the home. Uh, mm. And then they see that positive effect when you return because that's what's going to, for those of you who are afraid about, you know, when you get married, you're not going to be able to see the boys. This is the, the, the top uh, you know, a uh, hack and trick to making sure that it continues <laughs> is to make sure that there is a positive effect when you come back home. But, you know, th- that's it's not really a trick. It just means that you need to make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, mm. and, and, and I remember uh, uh, one of one of my, my teachers um, said this, you know, we, we would go away sometimes on a weekend to do like a, a retreat, you know, um, we would learn certain things, Islamic, go through some books and whatnot and do some activities with the brothers and then and then come back and he he would always say every time that you know every couple of months that we do one of these retreats so make sure you go back to your family in a positive mood because they're gonna link you going away to learn about Mm. your religion with you serving them better when you come back and so you know when it gets to a point where um you you need that time away actually your wife is going to appreciate you going away and 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 having mm. that time the same way that that your wife reacted um but you you just have to make sure that obviously you're going away to the right setting and you're coming back and you're implementing basically what you have learned or the the energy that you've gathered from there and you're transferring it into the home and i think it's yeah. it, it, it's definitely it's very important and that also helps you as well it's not helping just your family like you said it's helping you to serve your family better meaning that you you get re-energized and 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 you help your family and so there there is um you know a lot to to think about in terms of um i see again i don't want to call it like hacks and tricks and tips and whatnot (laughs) but I, i mean just uh sort of designing your lifestyle as a father to, to optimize your life mm. in, in, in the best way possible that not only serves you, but also serves other people. And again, it goes back to that point that that, that is what um, gives you the most satisfaction as a man is to be able mm. to take that responsibility uh, and to be able to, 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 to do it in the right way. Um, mm. So on that, I wanted to ask uh, how you, because if, you're, if your social gatherings are always in London, do you have a worry that your children um, are not going to have a full-on experience living where you live? Because you mm. it clearly seems like you uh, kind of take go outside of your area to find what you need, and then you yeah. come back. So how would that how would that be for your children? Yeah, you're right. I I do have that concern. Um, I don't know if I've got a, you know a huge solution for it yet. However, 
um, you know, it's not that there isn't masajid here. Yeah. Uh, there definitely is. And I think there is definitely uh, a lot of children here, you know, Muslim kids and stuff. And I think my son being four years old, I'm kind of now... I don't know if he's just ready yet to go into sort of, you know, go to the madrasa at, at, at the mosque and stuff. Um, I'm waiting for him to kind of just see a bit of settle down and, you know, whether it will happen, I don't know, but we'll see. Um, but I'm juggling that because I've never experienced that myself, right? So I've never been to like madrasas and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I wasn't, you know, enrolled. Yeah, I wasn't. So I don't know what 100% it will look like. Maybe what I should do is actually just go and sit at the masjid at one time and just observe and see what the kids yeah. are like there and and how lenient the, the you know you don't want to send your <laughs> send your son to the to the madrasa and you know he's just going to tear the place apart <laughs> and then you have to go face the sheikh later right so we'll see we'll see but that's predominantly the one the one thing like i want i do definitely value the importance of having that connection with muslims outside of school um, so that when you are in school, if you do see another Muslim, you you feel something there straight away, a connection, right? My son has just started reception recently, and uh, there was like one Muslim name that I saw in like his class list, and I was like, his name's Hamza, right? The kid's name's Hamza. I'm like, oh, yeah. Suleiman, who's my son. Suleiman, you have you you know spoke to Hamza? Have you played with Hamza? He yeah. goes, no, Hamza is a naughty boy. <laughs> I was like, oh no, the only ham- like this is it. the only naughty one is Hamza. He wants to play with Sam and Ben and whatever. So I'm like, oh, how am I going to do this? Like, that's when I started thinking, like, oh no, it doesn't just naturally happen. Yeah. He doesn't know that he's Muslim, and that. So you've just got to find those connections outside. Another thing is, um, I I do think that there is an importance of keeping your child with you when you go and socialize, right? Right. Or, like I said earlier, all of my friends have kids themselves. And I think I am going to have to start, you know, pushing my friends a bit to bring their kids along. And sure. maybe I need to start bringing my son along um, sure. much more because I don't I don't do it nearly, nearly enough as I'd like to. Um, yeah. And then develop those connections that way. But at the same time, like, I don't know if you remember when you were a kid, but I do definitely remember my dad forcing me to befriend people that I had no interest in befriending, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so I don't want to be that kind of guy. Yeah. But... Um, but we'll see. It is definitely a, a concern living down here. But then again, actually, like if I was living up in London, I think I would have a, uh, you know, a million other concerns uh, yeah. just about city life and, 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 you know, kids raising kids in that kind of environment. Um, what, I know what, I what are some of the London, positives right? living out in Brighton with your kids? Um, <laughs> in, you compa- know what? I in comparison I to your yeah, friends that you know that live in London. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, just hearing about how they they grew up you know my, my people in london and and the, unfortunately the dangers that can surround you know in a city sort of um living yeah. um i do i do there is a concern i do i do have a genuine concern and i get concerned when i'm out there because i'm not used to living there you know yeah. if someone was to say to me i'll come move to london i'm just i don't feel comfortable because i'm not as streetwise up there as i am down here right sure. um not to say that, that stuff doesn't exist here absolutely does yeah. but you know maybe it's part stereotype but also part concentration of that many people that there is going to be an issue of you know whether it's gangs or whether it's violence or drugs or whatever that stuff isn't exclusive to london i i 100 agree that it's everywhere right and you have to be sort of wise to it of course um but because i'm not from there i think i would be like i'd be i think there'd be a friction between my son being a londoner 
you know, at the age of 14, 15, and me not being so. And straight away, the disconnect that I didn't want, that Mm. I had with my father, would then recreate itself in this fashion. Like, oh, you're not from London, you don't know what it's like here, I know my way around, blah, blah, blah. I I don't even know, like, I look at a tube map, I get confused, bro. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? So, that's the concern, Aki. But, uh, you know, everybody's got their battles, and, um, you know, there is, you know, uh, as, as you might be aware, Brighton has got all sorts of, uh, you know, super liberal agendas and all sorts yeah, yeah. of sort of. Um, uh, so, although I'm not too concerned about that because I feel like we've got a strong family unit who can yeah. navigate those spaces and 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 be able to, uh, you know, educate my kids on what we believe in and what you know it's appropriate for them. Um, it does. It is also a challenge, and I think similarly, I speak to brothers from London. And they're like, oh, I don't know how you could live in Brighton because of X, Y, Z, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, I wouldn't want to raise my kids there. But everybody's got... As long as you know the area that you live in, Achi, yeah, and you can navigate it. And you've also, we've got the benefit of the age thing. Then we yes. should be, be in the prepared for those yeah, ha- challenges. I mean, I, I've, I've lived um, within... Uh, oh, just dropped my cup. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've lived in and outside of London. Um, yeah. When I got... So I grew up in, in sort of northwest London. And then mm. uh, for university, I moved to Essex. And, mm. um, and when I got married, I moved to Essex. And I stayed there for two years. And I had mm. my, my uh, first, my, my son, Isa, was born there. Uh, and, then, uh, and then we moved um, to, back to London, well, just outside London, uh, Watford. Mm. Um, okay. and, uh, and, and we had our, our second, Sarah. And so kind of experienced living with, uh, I mean, Obviously, he was quite small, but I, I was living with a community that was outside of London, in Essex, um, sort of predominantly white area, one masjid, uh, close-knit Muslim community. But I really enjoyed myself there. You know, I grew up mm. in London, but then living, I moved out to have sort of married life in, in Essex and being in, in that area, which is not within this kind of congested city and I really enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed, mm. I was still working in London, but I enjoyed getting on the train, leaving work, arriving in, in Essex um, and just, just feeling like this is chill, you know, yeah. it's not so congested <laughs> and uh, it was very clean and it was, mm. there was, you know, there wasn't much light pollution and there was a lot of greenery and yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it just felt like this is my own space and and it's like it felt like i could treat this as how i wanted to treat it like whereas living in london because i grew up there it's kind of like there's sort of a a baked in mindset of how i need to behave in london or how i need to navigate myself in london whereas this is a whole new space and it doesn't have that baggage and it's not very congested so it's kind of like i can make it my own and so when i was kind of navigating that area and getting to know the muslims there and just 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 living my life there i actually f- i i found there was a lot of benefit it gave me a lot more uh headspace um it it, it just opened me up to to the um opportunities that can exist outside of london because growing up in london you become very london centric like london's yeah, the best yeah. city in the world it has everything we've got the oyster card we've got the tube system <laughs> we've got all the jobs we've got all the masajid we've got da, 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 da. do you know what i mean it becomes like this is the perfect place in, in the whole entire world to live and then, then nothing can top it and but you don't really know that because you haven't experienced anything outside of it. Mm. And as soon as mm. you just... I mean, this wasn't that far. Essex isn't that far outside of London, right? Yeah. I can get into London within half an hour. But even just going that half an hour outside of London and experiencing a more kind of town sort of 
rather than a city mm. sort of experience, a town sort of experience, it gave, gave me this sort of, um, I don't know, different different understanding of how I can navigate, how I want my children, maybe how I'd want them to grow up in, in, in this area, yeah. how I might interact with non-Muslims in this area, how I might interact with the Muslims in this area, because it's actually quite different. It's only sort of one community, really. It's not split into different yeah. uh, groups. Um, so I... To be honest, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. The reason yeah, we moved yeah, back to Watford were for other reasons, um, mm. to be closer to some family and whatnot. But I think I would, sort of long term, be happy to move away from a big city and live somewhere that, although, yes, I get the whole point of being around a, um, a strong and large Muslim community and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like you're right. If you understand your space, you understand your role and responsibility of your family, and you and your wife are united in that in that front, and you do have a masjid, you do have a community. I mean, obviously, don't go to somewhere that yeah. there's no community at all. Doesn't I mean, that doesn't make yeah, sense, yeah, yeah. right? That's just an extreme. Yeah. You do go to somewhere that does have an established community, even if it's small. Um, but there may be a lot of benefits, you know, uh, other outside of that, in just just in terms of being outside of the city, outside of the pollution, being an area yeah. of greenery, it being open, having the opportunity to, to establish that community a bit more. Uh, having the opportunities to interact with the non-Muslim community there, you know, there's so much to it. I don't think people really think yeah. about it. Absolutely, I think making that, making the London, you know, Muslim, the the concentration of Muslims in London, making that a special occasion to visit, yeah. is puts a lot more value in it. When I was mm. younger, bro, you know, a takeaway was something really special, right? <laughs> yeah. a takeaway was like you'd have it once in a while, and it was like, oh wow, we're having a takeaway. This is so cool. But now, like, when you're independent, you're kind of, like, getting it every time you just can't be bothered to cook and it yeah. just loses that specialness, right? Yeah. But when I go to London, bro, it's, like, a special thing. You know, I'm going up there, I'm going to see the boys, I'm going to go see the Muslim community, I'm going to go to ELM or whatever it is, and, you yeah. know, it's a special occasion. If I lived there, I know that it would just, it just become normal, right? Mm. So maybe, and Allah knows best, but maybe that kind of specialness will then transfer over to my kids who will get excited to go. And they, and they do, you know, obviously we've got in-laws there, so they get excited from that angle. But also... Having that separation and being able to then just cherry pick the benefits of those communities and that 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 environment, as opposed to living there and then having to you know throw the baby out with the bathwater and just have everything, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. So so being able to cherry pick and handle is really good, um, but not to like be super negative all the time. You know, I think I feel like it is normal as a parent to just constantly make excuses, like we were saying earlier yeah. about oh uh, I've got to, you know delete my ego and delete myself and yeah. I'm on the last of the list and stuff. And I, I wanted to mention this earlier, but like, it's absolutely worth it. And I'm sure you're going to agree. Absolutely worth every single second, you know, being a father, having the kids. 100%. Bro, like my, my son ran up to me earlier and he's just, he just wanted attention. Obviously, like they do. And, um, and he was, he was, he was doing silly things like stamping, trying to stamp on my shoulders and obviously get my attention and stuff. And my wife said to him, um, listen, if you want to get, if you want to play with Barber, then just say, Baba, can you play with me, please? Like, just yeah. say it. So he just came up to me, said that, start staring in my eyes, bro. And I was just like, <laughs> I wouldn't change this for the world. <laughs> you know, I would not. If I if I wasn't so sort of uh, self-conscious, bro, I'd be one of those WhatsApp dads who just has their profile picture as their kids all the time. Yeah, Facebook, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't put that everywhere, right? And I know why parents do that. Obviously, they love their kids so much. But um, I wouldn't change it for the world. And I said that to my mum recently, and I said that to everybody. Like, I would not change it for the world. It's an absolute 
incredible blessing and i think this is why you know you've probably started this podcast and this yeah. is this this movement and this is i'm sure all dads feel the same way or at least a lot of them feel the same way i know some don't but like you want to you want to share this with other people right yeah. and like a, a friend of mine a close brother of mine recently had a daughter and for a long time he hasn't you know obviously had kids um, so this is the first time he's obviously become a dad and it's just like dude now you know what it feels like you know now that you're <laughs> celebrating now it's so exciting for you right and we're all you know alhamdulillah we're all sort of wishing him well and and and, and making dua for him and stuff but like the ability to share that with other people and be like oh welcome to the club kind of thing yeah that yeah, feeling yeah. that i've been feeling all this time and i wanted to share yeah, it with yeah, you yeah. now you know what it feels like right yeah so, i I, honestly, I totally get that man because because i i got married the earliest amongst my friends and i had hmm. children the earliest amongst my friends apart from one other uh, brother who so he got married just within the same year as me. So we pretty much got married at the mm. same time. Our sons are born a week apart. Our daughters are born like two or three months apart. So it's like, uh, you know, we're going on the same trajectory. So, but apart from yeah. him, everybody else kind of got married a bit later. They, they, everybody else doesn't have kids yet. So it's kind of like I'm waiting for everyone to come in the club. And I think that's, <laughs> that's why I was like eager to like speak to other dads. Because it's like, I don't, I don't think, no matter how much I explain it, I don't think there's any words that can describe um, how how you feel in terms of this this kind of satisfaction, this joy of being able to I don't know what it is, but see your kids and know that you can raise them. Hmm. You know, I, hmm. I I I think only fathers can kind of understand what I'm saying, but yeah. just having that that connection to know, like okay, this is this is you know my produce. And mm-hmm. I've, I've got this responsibility over him or her and I'm going to be able to, you know, help them get to where they yeah. need to be going. And of course, within that is tawfiq of Allah and Allah is the one who plans everything. And there is also, you know, knowing that it's a big responsibility and that when things go wrong, you know, um, you have to rely upon Allah. You have to make sure you're fixing whatever you're doing wrong. Of course, there's all those things. But... Putting those things to the side, because I think those things, um, you can't make them so predominant in your mind because you have to uh, believe that Allah will take care of things. You can't always be so uh, pessimistic about it. And uh, I'm always like my wife also says I'm the optimist in the family. But the the way that I see it is like this is a beautiful thing of being able to see this child and know that I'm going to be able to influence this child and get them where they're supposed to be at. Mm. you know like i said i can't find the words and i don't think even if i found the right words that people would understand it unless that they are fathers but it's it's like absolutely incredible i feel like maybe Mm. the only other way to explain it is like if you're trying to chase like um a really high-flying career it's like Mm. what you imagine you feel when you get to that top point in your career you could feel that right now with mm. just looking at your children and seeing them grow mm. up in front of you, you know? Yeah. It's where you belong, isn't it? It's, it goes yeah, back yeah. to like, I was, you know, obviously I'm made to worship Allah first and foremost, but as a man specifically, I'm made to be responsible for this family, you know? Um, but I really like that, bro. Benef- I'm, I'm like that. I like that you said that at the beginning. I think it really set the tone of a lot yeah. of what we said. And, and I, don't, I don't think anybody, even I haven't put it in those sort of words. I think that's very succinct, yeah, that, <laughs> you know, your your manliness is your your uh, ability to to fulfill responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I, I think Absolutely. it's very succinct. I think it 
sort of cuts across very, a lot of categories in a man's life. And it can, if, if that sort of statement is understood, it can help a lot of people to navigate themselves in, in spaces where they mm. feel like they're, they're lacking. So this is mm. very, very Absolutely. well said. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. But bro, it will make you reevaluate your own relationship with your own parents, you know. And, you know, I've been through a lot with my father. My father, unfortunately, really sick at the moment. May Allah grant him shifa. I mean, I mean. Um, and, you know, it's been a tough time seeing, you know, I've, I've spoke about it on, online, um, yeah. just expressing myself. But, like, seeing, you know, that invincible figure deteriorate in front of you is, is really quite impactful. Um, and I think the hardest and most eye-opening thing for me is, like, now that I look at my son, I'm like, okay, I get it. This is how my dad looks at me. The way I'm looking at my son and these feelings I feel for my son is yeah. how all of these years my dad was looking at me and I just didn't understand what he wanted or why he was being the way he was. Yeah. And I was like, right, I get it. And now like whenever, whenever like there's a disagreement or maybe my, you know, somebody might disagree with my dad on a decision he's made or whatever, I'm generally, and maybe, you know, I'm sure my sisters would agree, I'm generally the one to kind of be like, well, well hold the phone, let, like, let him say what he needs yeah. to say, or I agree with what he's saying. And, yeah. and they might they might not get it, but now I get it, and I get why he's saying yeah. the things he's saying. Yeah. I get why he makes those decisions. I get why he made those decisions in the past, right? I fully get it. Even though I might not agree that that's the right decision, I can say, well, he was justified because he was trying to do this, and this is what he was thinking, and this is why he did yeah. the things he did, right? Um so it allows had, you to just make all those excuses for your parents that in yeah. a way that you would never be able to before. But no, I, I had I had I had a very sort of similar um, uh, moment in when my son was about to kind of bit, backstory to this is that very quickly mm. is that I didn't grow up with my father, but he, okay. he my, me my mother and my father divorced when I was sort of like one years old, and I grew up mm -hmm. without him, no connection with him at all, and. Um, got to the point where my son was about to be born maybe two three weeks and it just dawned on me that i'm about to be a father mm. and i need to reconnect with him and mm. then i went on a journey to be able to reconnect with him and i did alhamdulillah, subhanallah, subhanallah. and uh um i i if you you know for those of you are watching and want to know the story i did say it on freshly grounded so people can check it there shameless plug mm. um, <laughs> so good <laughs> <laughs> so so uh um but it, it will help with the context of this that uh, so when, when, once i did have my son and i and i had now reconnected with my father i realized those same things that the way that i'm looking at my son and the way that i feel about being a father or becoming a father it's this kind of overwhelming feeling that it drove me to be like, I need to close that gap of 23 years of not knowing my father, right? Mm, so it, mm. it, it, has, it has an incredible effect. And, and, you know, there were a lot, you know, there was a lot of mistakes that were made between my father and family dynamics and all yeah, this kind of yeah. stuff. And it kind of, although not everything has been answered, and I'm still on a journey on answering kind of all of those things across those 23 years, just the fact of knowing my relationship with my son has helped the healing process a lot, a lot quicker, mm, a lot faster. Mm, and it's yeah. made me realize so many things about the effect of not having my father in life, the effect that it had on me. It's made me realize so much. Mm. In comparison to my brother, who, who is not married yet and doesn't have uh, children, I speak to him about these things, about, you know, the effect on, on how it was not having dad around and stuff. And yeah. 
And I think although he, he recognises the effects that he's had, um, he's not able to register the uh, register kind of how he can maybe get over those effects or be able to live with those effects uh, as much as I can because, uh, well, for two reasons. One is that he was maybe more affected by the whole situation because he was older than me. So he, yeah. he experienced more of that kind of depart between mother and father and whatnot. Mm. That's one thing. But also because I have this now father i don't know gene inside of me whatever you want to call it right so i can i could recognize those types of things and i could recognize what my son would be missing if i wasn't there and all all that kind of stuff so i can Mm. recognize that between me and my father and it helps me sort of reconcile uh all of those maybe damages that had occurred in a way yeah mashallah may allah bless you bro because honestly I, i think that's admirable i think you know there was no doubt must have been a void for you growing up and 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 you know um, speak uh, seeing other people around you you know having a relationship with your father and stuff but actually you turn that void into a drive to then provide it to the next generation and be a father yeah. for your for your kids right and then knowing how important it is and valuing it right valuing how important it is um is 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 an incredible thing to to then pass on subhanallah and, and may allah uh, continue to allow you to be a good dad and a better I dad mean. and every day make you better bro because you know I that's mean, I, mean. I think it's it's you know, as I, I was speaking about my father, no doubt I, I didn't think about the people that don't have fathers in their lives and haven't had that. And that's, once again, it goes back to all of these communications that we can have and this sharing that we can have can make us yeah. appreciate what we didn't. And many brothers now will listen to this and they haven't got kids, right? And they might have their fathers with them and their parents with them and they won't be able to truly appreciate them in the way that they would if they either didn't have their parents around or if they start having kids and then it can appreciate, oh my God, this is what it feels like. This is what it's all about, you know? There is no way that your parents uh, want, you know, obviously, generally speaking, there's no way that your parents want bad for you, of course. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you just look at your, the things that you just do for your kids, the way that you look at them, the thing, the sacrifices that you make, you know, you, you'll have a piece of food like just here and it's about to go in your mouth and your son will look at you and be like, oh, no, I just have it. You know? <laughs> you know, you'd never do that for anyone else, right? <laughs> you'd never do that for anyone else, you know? Um, but like the guilt that you would feel to just take that bite and let them not you know let them go without even though they've finished their plate and now they just want your stuff yeah you would just do it you know and it's just that kind of you know i don't want to say magic but that kind of special moment subhanallah that uh it's just priceless absolutely priceless you know so bro just before we wrap up give Mm. me um a top highlight of fatherhood this week oh (laughs) (laughs) i'll give you one right um so uh, there's a there's a meme going around. Uh, I don't know if you've heard it. These is two sort of noodle-headed, tattooed-up boys sitting in a pool, singing some song called "Island Boy." There's right. not music in it. It's just they're singing, they're, but they're they're basically dreadful. They're absolutely okay. dreadful. And I know that some of your listeners are going to know what it is. And you might Google <laughs> it later. Absolutely I'm dreadful. I'm going to have to Google it. <laughs> Yeah, they're just like they're not. They, they're just obviously doing it on the spot, and it just sounds horrendous. And yeah. you know, you can imagine it's gone viral. And I must have, I must have got stuck in my head, and I was singing it in the car or whatever. <laughs> and then um, the other day, me and my wife were praying. Subhanallah, um, we're praying. I don't know what we were praying. One of the salat, obviously. Um, <laughs> obviously. And I could just, <laughs> I could just hear my son singing it in the background <laughs> in his room. And I'm trying my best not to laugh, obviously. <laughs> trying to keep my khushu alhamdulillah i did but like my wife knows that i'm trying not to laugh and i'm like oh i'm doing my best not to and subhanallah 
you know, and there's rulings obviously in terms of smiling and laughing and of what's course, the yeah. difference. And so, and I've looked into this because when you have kids, it's something you're going to be yes, looking up. Yes, because yes, there's yes. no doubt there's going to be times when you're praying and subhanAllah, your kids are going to just do stupid stuff around <laughs> you. <laughs> and you just, anyway, may Allah keep us, you know, sincere. But yeah, bro, that's def- absolutely a highlight. I was just, I was literally dying. And <laughs> <trying to laughs> you know, you know, you know, and, and you know, there's going to be some fathers, and I don't want to be one of those guys who just lose patience and like just shout at your kids or whatever. But bro, no, that in that moment, you know, the innocence of a child. Yeah. You know, you finish your prayer and you go over there and just give them a kiss and a hug and you know That's just it. appreciate that innocence because they haven't got a clue. <laughs> oh my gosh! Too many, too many incidences during praying, man. Subhanallah. Yeah. I don't know why is it when when the salah happens they want to do everything at that <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's just it's just they realize okay. The parents are locked in a zone right now. We can do what That's we it. want, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You're so right, bro. All right, man. Jazakallah khair for, for joining me. Uh, I really enjoyed that discussion. Inshallah, we can have uh, a few more of these. And hopefully, Inshallah. next time uh, you're down in London, we can uh, meet up. Um, uh, yeah, bro. And, uh, Absolutely. We can get the, like you said, get the kids to meet up as well. So yeah, I think that, that'd be great. That, that'd be good. That'd be great. Jazakallah khair, Muhammad. Really appreciate Barakallah, it. Take care. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam.